Hello, welcome to the Derp's Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Castle Nathria raid, also known as the Horny Raid in the Horny Expansion. <laughs> Before we do that, Buddy, why don't you show the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast? Well, on this podcast, we talk about games, and we keep promising that we're going to do out Outriders, but last week... We downed Denathrius on Heroic to get ahead of the curve, and uh, and so we were like, okay, well now we have to do the Castle Nathria podcast. So here we are, the Castle yeah. Nathria podcast. Also importantly, I have not played Outriders in several weeks, so... <laughs> I did finally get to Endgame, and I want to say I beat Outriders, but okay. I did get to Endgame, so... Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll play when we were supposed to you know, do Thursday raids, since that's not happening anymore. <laughs> That's oh, it. yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. Maybe yeah. we can get, like, you and me and Phelan yeah, yeah, yeah. to uh, play. Yeah, but anyway, Castle Nathria. Um, Castle. I, I envisioned we're just going to kind of go through this boss by boss and talk about how we thought about. Yeah, uh, um, just a little bit of an overview for folks who might be curious or not WoW players. So Castle Nathria is the opening raid in the Shadowlands. It's a 10-boss raid, and the way difficulty works in the WoW in uh, in WoW expansions, right, is you have four difficulty levels. You start at looking for raid, which is like an automated group finder thing. Then there is normal, which introduces you to the core mechanics Um Heroic, which is what we did, right, which ends in what is called AOTC, Ahead of the Curve, which is an achievement for beating the boss on Heroic before the next raid tier comes out. Uh, this is where most guilds tend to tend to raid. Um, and then ahead of that is Mythic. Um, Mythic is very precisely tuned and very difficult versions of each of the raid encounters that are built for specifically 20 people. You can, you can have a wide variety of people. You can have, you know, um, a small raid or a big raid in normal and heroic. Uh, but in Mythic, you have to have 20 people on the dot, basically. Um, so we obviously, we did AOTC which is, like, it's a pretty common... I would almost sort of say it's the casual version of doing the raid. Though that honestly sounds worse than it is, right? But, like, we're not hardcore raiders. No, but, but like, th there was effort put into this, right? Like, it wasn't yeah, yeah, nothing, yeah. right? Like, it was... This was, like... Um, uh, it's almost kind of like, like, like uh, you know... The, the, the... Your regular Dungeons & Dragons group, right? Like, you know, you manage to get people to stick together enough to do it regularly... Um, and people are care enough to put the effort in and aren't, you know, you know, just like staring at their phones the whole time and wishing they were somewhere else. So, you know, you've got, and it's significantly hard like, you know, one of the biggest problems with WoW rates still is the coordination problem, right? Like, um, imagine, imagine D D scheduling problem, except, uh, with many more people. Um, uh, and so, you know, it took us what fifty attempts to down uh, Sirian Athreus, which is kind of I the think it was more like seventy, right? Didn't didn't Sirian get to sixty? Oh yeah. In our last yeah. Night? So mine mine had like fifty fails, but I think it might also be across like difficulties, right? Oh, oh I, I might I be wrong about know. that. I might be wrong about that, but um. Uh, so so Lou in the uh, in the chat says it was seventy three. So I'll, I'll take her word for it. So the other thing here to, to mention is I play Windwalker Monk, buddy, for the majority of our Sardinathris temps, played uh, Arms Warrior, and otherwise played a, a DPS spec uh, Warlock on Gondor. Um, mm -hmm. And so this is going to be a very DPS 
and frankly, melee DPS heavily leads <laughs> maybe, maybe maybe we'll get some some uh, comments about the healing uh, in in the chat. But uh, this is this is this is what you're getting. Um, okay, so boss one, Shriekwing, Shriek big bat. The bat will sometimes shoot out these little orbs that bounce off of things, and if you get hit by the orbs, it leaves a puddle of bat on the ground, and it's and it's, and it's bad. Well, what, what were your what were your thoughts on on Shriekwing? How did how did you enjoy the Shriekwing fight? I mean, I thought the mechanics were simple. The intermission stuff was fun. Um, you know, there weren't there weren't too many tough timings. They're just kind of like a straight up you know, uh, spank and tank ish, right? Like you know, not mm. not a ton to worry about. Like I'm also playing a more mobile class, so like getting out of the way of things wasn't too hard. Um, and it's not like you know, that's one thing about again melee DPS is you don't have to stop DPS to like step out of the step out of the way of uh, stuff. You can kind of do that as you go. So I thought it was fine. I thought it was, it was you know, a, a great to open the raid because it felt like we could pretty easily get it down without too much trouble. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think the early bosses in a raid are kind of the most interesting because they have to be simple and, and straightforward, mm -hmm. right? Um, because, like, you know, you don't want, you don't want the first boss of the raid to be really hard and punishing and then, like, people hit hit this wall obviously and so shrieking was an interesting example of a very simple mechanic that i felt was executed well right like all really at the end of the day the only thing that mattered on shriekwing was you know like dodging those those little um you know sound circles on the ground or whatever uh which i felt to be like i guess like evocative in a way uh they mm -hmm. did another fight like this in cataclysm because um there, it's, it's called Atromedes was that fight where it was like there's this dragon who can't see you but can hear you kind of thing and I felt like Shriekwing kind of hits that fantasy well right this is a big blind bat but like if you if you step on the circle or if the circle steps on you right the bat finds you and does a bunch of damage or whatever I, I just feel like that that is a cool boss fantasy yeah, and, uh, you know, the other big mechanic is the line of sight mechanic, as Luke points out in the chat, uh, who says that uh, it was uh, – the bursts were predictable, so not so bad from the healing side. Um, uh, like, the line of sight mechanic's fun, right? Like, um, also not – like, so I find line of sight mechanics to be, in general and well, kind of wonky sometimes. But, you know, mm -hmm. four big pillars, you don't have to really think about it too much. You just need to be – you know, and you can hug them and, and get it pretty pretty – satisfactorily so i don't think i ever had a time where i thought line of sight was so bad that like i don't think i ever got hit line of sight without expecting to be right like without like you know feeling like i had been forced out of position by something so i don't think it was too bad i don't think there's a whole lot else to say about it unless you wanted to, to oh was there any gear from streakwing that you thought was like cool or interesting did you ever use the skulker's wing so i i after doing my research, right, like as we were doing more pulls on Denathrius in Heroic, and I was like, I need to optimize. Found out, I like did. I found out that the Skulker's Wing is probably the best raid trinket for me. So I picked that. Wow, okay. On like the the last time we killed Shriekwing, someone got it and was like, "Does anybody want this?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll take it." <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's interesting because like one of the things that's tough for me is because my 
core gameplay mode is Mythic Plus, and I play Mythic Plus at a higher level than we raid at, right? Like, almost all of my gear is Mythic Plus gear, right? So I never really dealt with any of the raid trinkets. I never saw what any of the raid trinkets were, were like, in a real, like, material sense. Yeah. Um, which I thought was, which I thought was um, kind of interesting. But anyway, that's Streakwing. Then there's obviously a bunch of trash. Second boss in the fight is Huntsman Ultimore. Ultimore is a cleave fight because um, it's... He's like a he's like a ranger, and then he has a dog, and him and the dog share a health pool. Or actually, more accurately, damage that you do to one is reflected back onto the other, so they effectively have a shared health pool, right? Um, and um, he cycles through three different, you know, he cycles through three different dogs. The first dog has a thing that like the raid needs to soak. He'll put a thing on a guy. That guy has to run close to other players or else die. The second dog will spawn these little, um, these little ads that need to be CC'd, um, or else they'll do a big thing that's bad for the raid. And then the third dog, as he walks around, he just does big AOE damage, but over time he gets stronger and stronger. So it's kind of like a trade off between the tank taking damage and the raid taking uh taking damage um i like i like huntsman ultimore specifically because it's a very good fight for for arms, for arms. oh because you get a bunch of yeah no this was yeah. this, this was a fun i liked early as well because i could it because early i only had the uh the touch of death ring and let me use it more than once um so <laughs> yeah on arms warrior i think it's very proficient at two target cleave like this right like long long duration cleave is is a good time for for an arms warrior so i think my highest parses my best parses were were on ultimore compared to fights like you know i don't know yeah ring devour or shriek wing ultimore was pretty good for 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 me too um uh the uh the 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 big one obviously the the big rub here is is that middle middle dog with the things popping out right because like that's not even a thing you can really heal through right it's like either you do the mechanic or you die and we had a couple problems with like we had like a a pretty pernicious problem where like you know stray um druid starfalls would accidentally hit them um, yeah so the problem that would happen for us was that somebody would accidentally crack the cc and then the and then the dog was in combat and we had these balanced druids using starfall and once the cc is broken starfall continues to cast on the thing so any future ccs get broken by the starfall that was really tough to deal with yeah i felt, I felt like the, the, uh, it was a pain in the ass but it's also it's, it's you know it's one of those things where when it happened it was kind of over, like you know it wasn't over because like we would try valiantly to re-cc things um i'm actually curious uh about uh about from the healing perspective is ultimore himself does like this like random um, kind of like spin and fire in a direction thing you can't really control. And from my perspective, you know, it's like, hope the healer keeps me up, right? Like, you know, you just kind of have to like hope that he's like doing it relative and you're, you're all relatively spread out, I guess. Um, uh, I'm, I'm curious if, if that was a, if that was yeah, a Lou problem. Yeah, Lou in the chat says, I have a love-hate relationship with a Huntsman. The ripped soul is an interesting thing for healers to have to handle, which is that sometimes he'll rip the soul out of the tank and you have to heal the tank's ghost before it hits Ultimore and everybody dies. Um, while simultaneously keeping the raid up with regular damage going out. Um, I think the interesting th thing there was like, we, we never ac accounted for this mechanic, but you're actually supposed to be more spread out over the course of the raid because he does the... Um, he does this just, I think it's called like spread shot, and he just aims at a random person and fires a cone in their direction. So if the whole raid is stacked 
every single spread shot hit hits every single member of the raid, which I do not think is correct. And we just powered through it, you know? We just, yeah, like, I, I think we were kind of spread out, though, right? Because, like, I remember being hit by, like, only one every once in a while, right? So, so when you take damage is a thing that I pay attention to because Touch of Karma is theoretically a source of DPS for me, mm. right? Uh, reflecting it back and, like, picking those moments. And it was not, it was not predictable enough for me to, like get into you know to, to use it reliably there right like it was just kind of like i, I used it in hope that i took enough damage so i maxed out the damage on, on touch of karma yeah i think the real thing with touch of karma is to do the sin seeker right like i feel like sin seeker where which is a mechanic where he he targets a, a specific player and is like you you are gonna get shot and everybody else has to get out because everyone in the line will get will get hit by this piercing arrow or whatever um that was the thing that i felt like nuked mm. the most i always used a defensive on that just to like soften the blow and i feel like that was kind of the correct way to, to go yeah. about huntsman and for people curious who is is telling us that um uh that like as a as a heal over time healer that it was easier to deal with the spin and shoot um which seems about right to me um, yeah you obviously need a certain amount of just ambient damage hitting the raid at all times in a raid encounter to keep the healers busy right um and i feel like that's what that's what like spread shot was right it was just like it was this thing. It was going to do damage no matter what, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else? To say? Do you have anything about the gear on Altimore? Uh, no. Do I have anything about the gear on Altimore? No. Uh, the, the neck was my big... I, I was looking for that neck really bad because the necks are very rare in Shadowlands comparatively. There's only three necks in dungeons and two necks out of the raid, which is uh, the fewest kind of gear that you can get. Um, and one of the things about, about WoW gearing is that, like, most of the time you have a, you have a core stat that you're looking for, right? So, for instance, on an Arms Warrior, it's crit, and then it's haste. So you're trying to find, like, oh, I want, I want, like, a crit haste thing, or whatever, right? Um, on regular pieces of gear, that's not a huge deal, because everything has strength on it, and strength is the most powerful stat by, by far, right, right? right? So even if something has, like, incorrect stats, you know, it's like versatility mastery, it's fine. You know, I just want the strength, so it, I'm just gonna equip it, right? The interesting thing about um, next, though, and all jewelry, by the way, this also applies to rings, is that they don't have any strength on them. They are only secondary stats, and they are huge, huge chunks of secondary stats at that. So getting a second, so getting your secondary stats right in a necklace is is pretty big, and because there are only five necks in the game outside of PvP, whatever the necks look like in PvP, um, getting the neck was a uh, was actually kind of a big deal for my characters um even though it was pretty bad for me because it's heavy mastery but you know it's like it's like a mastery over haste that's not terrible it's not the, it's not the worst thing in the world so yeah no I, I don't have any particular memories of needing anything from from huntsman um the only, the only so gear wise in general the only thing I, I i thought about were were uh trinkets because they're so variable and uh and head, which was only on Denathrius for me. So, uh, you know, uh, obviously a thing I was uh, not working super well with. Um, actually, yeah. that's part of... So I remade my um, Invoker's Delight as a head so I could uh, so I could replace that piece of gear. Because I, I had... I still have my... Interesting. My, my non... Um, my non... Th that piece of gear is, is still a 197 campaign head. It's upgraded to max, so. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, honestly, fair enough, I guess. Yeah, that, yeah, 
All right. So next up is uh, is it, is it uh, the destroyer or whatever? Hungering devourer. Yeah, that okay. One, so yeah. hungering devourer is a single big mob, right? Um, he has a couple different mechanics. One that is a healer mechanic that I really never quite understood. He puts a ring on players, right? Those players can't be healed, and the players will suck health from everyone inside of the ring, and and it will deal damage to the to the main player who is inside of the who is inside of the ring so the only way that you can keep that player up is they have to stand in a group with other players and suck health from those players and then the healers heal the other players to effectively heal the main player i guess i do understand the mechanic i don't know why i didn't say that then he does a thing where he will place beams on people um and if you get hit by two beams in a row and the first beam will put a debuff that says the next time you get hit by a beam you're gonna fucking die um, so you don't want to get hit by two beams. And then he does a, he does a thing called expunge where he puts a ring on everybody in the raid and just as big, a big burst of damage. And at the end of that, he'll spawn these little balls. Um, and the balls take up space. They'll knock you back and they'll do a bunch of damage. So you don't want to, you don't want to hit the balls. And then the final mechanic is consume, right? Where he just does a lot of damage to the raid and you just gotta run as far as you possibly can because the damage falls off over uh distance. over distance i felt like hungry devourer was the easiest fight in the raid from a from like a technical perspective um just because like the all you do is you just point and shoot basically and i don't i don't ever have to make like complex decisions um outside of just like moving like moving my beams out but the thing that i liked about hungering devour is that there were a lot of ways for me to like maximize dps by like using specific things so for instance for expunge i never left the boss because the you know you're supposed to run expunge out so that you drop your ball at the edge of the room where it's not going to hit anybody but i would just stick in melee and because i can spell reflect the balls i would spawn my spawn my ball right on top of uh hungering devourer put up spell reflect and then walk into the ball uh to immediately clear it and take and take no damage which i thought was sweet it was 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 that what uh so the rogues were, were bitching about shadow stepping into balls yeah and, and i am right about this i am right about this and the rogues are incorrect here's here's what happens here's what happens right um <laughs> rogues when they use shadow step they spawn in a certain space on the boss right they can't they can't control that they just they use shadow step they're on that space right when i was sitting on the boss doing this thing with the balls they would shadow step into the boss and immediately eat the ball <laughs> which obviously did a bunch of damage now now it was brought up to me i i'll, I'll we'll go to the we'll go to the drama it was brought up to me that really you're supposed to run the balls out buddy you're, you're supposed to take those balls take them take them to the edge of the room because, you know, like, that's the way the mechanic is supposed to be done. And I said, you know what? The one global that the rogues get by shadow stepping back in, rather than just walking the ten feet to come back in, is worth less than the eight globals I get, because I can just sit in melee with the boss and then clear my own spell reflect. So really, it should be the rogues who do work around me, okay? Like, I'm more valuable to the right. I hope Merak is watching. No, um, so <laughs> that was like the drama behind the balls. But the real, the real answer was actually the hitbox of Hungry Devourer is very large, and so I can just sit on kind of his way out on his back foot, and I can still DPS him just fine. 
and clear my ball and it won't hit the you know like so that that is the true answer that's the win-win answer. so so but so, i was right about the shadow step thing so so this this is this is a secret that i only figured out um uh like w as it happened but uh so one of, one of the small optimizations that i do as a monk is a uh is i hit expel harm as we're pulling which is a local aoe um heals me does like some very minor amount of damage, but it generates a chi, mm -hmm. right? And it's cheap. So, like, the, the optimization there is you have all your full energy back, and you have a chi going into the fight. Whatever. The Hungering Devourer hitbox is insanely large because there was at least once, I think twice, where I hit Expel Harm, and I pulled the boss early. I only figured it out because <laughs> he, like, walked up to me and, like, slapped me in the face. <laughs> I remember those nights where, where the boss was pulled, and we were all like, who the fuck pulled? <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. Yeah, so um, that I, I, I when I figured that out, I was much better about standing for the back because I don't, you know, I can I can you know serpent kick in and not have to deal with the distance. They're just like, oh, I'll just sure. you know, um, but yeah, no, that 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 hitbox is much larger than I expected it to be. But yeah, that was that was that oh, that that's funny. that and um, beams because like there's three beams and you need to not line up, but it's not like a thing that you can do super well, like you can plan for super well ahead of time. So like. Mm. I died to beat, like, and, you know, I'm a monk. Um, for whatever reason, it always seemed that whenever I got hit with a beam, I just, like, was out of mobility. So, like, I'd, like, go to roll, and, like, there wouldn't be a roll charge there, and then I'd end up lining up with somebody and kill, kill us both, and I'd feel very bad about it. Um, that, or, you know, I would be in position, and then someone else would, like, you know, move into position on top of me, and, I, and you know, you, you do the back and forth. Yeah, and you the hard part with the beams were when I was playing Gondor, when I was playing at range, mm. because on range, so, you know, when you run the beams out, you run them, radially right? right so if you're in melee you have a you have a very easy time making big swings in that radius right, right. But when you're ranged the amount of distance you need to travel to get a similar radial distance is much much farther because you're farther out from from where the boss is and so a lot of the times what will happen and, and another thing that will happen in range is melee don't pay attention to you so like a melee player is looking at his beam and looking at other players in melee but they can't see behind them far enough to see where you are so something that i would do a couple of, that i did a couple of times on condor is like sniped people with their with the beam mm. because i set my teleporter to a spot and I had the beam on me, and right before the beam would fire, I would zoop to that spot. <laughs> and if a melee was in the way, it just died. <laughs> so, you know, that was probably incorrect. Yeah, I think Hungering Devourer might be, you know, on the low end of of like average or good it's for it's, it's very it's very basic mechanics right yeah. um i don't i don't feel like it was pretty particularly like evocative or uh had a great way to like let people um like really shine there, there were like some small instances or whatever but like because it's just like a, a big fat guy that you fight and a tank and spank it's not like i felt like players could you know, express some kind of special mastery or or anything else like that. Outside of, I guess, like you know, like the spell reflect thing. That's probably the only thing that. that yeah, and then it's not it's, you know, and that's like particular like you know mechanics that you like, you know like shadow it's step. Insanely minor. Yeah, all, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Over yeah. the course of the over the course of the thing, so you know, it's probably in my bottom half of the raid in terms of the, how the fights go. But you know, yeah, it's not the worst thing. It's not the worst thing in the raid. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um, all right, and then after that, I guess is Lady Darkfane. Yeah, mm -hmm. this uh, fight I thought was very daunting, and 
I feel like this is a raid leader fight, right? This is a fight that wants you to have a raid leader who is making call-outs on when to do the vats, and that's it. That's it. That's the whole fight. As long as you have somebody who is, you know, like, decisive and paying attention to that mechanic, the, you're basically fine in terms yeah. of um, how that works. Which, to be honest, I think is very cool, and I like those sort of high-level strategy fights in, in the game. Yeah, I, I, this is also the, our, our first big kind of, like, stopping uh, ch- choke point uh, yeah. when we were doing Heroic. Um, and, you know, not not saying that right after you said that, this is not to, you know, be like, and our raid leads suck. No, no, that's, that's not it. It's just, like, there are a lot of, like, Mickey Mouse things that happen, and they're also very random, right? Oh, like, by the way, I didn't explain the mechanics. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. The mechanics of Dark Vein is there are four vats in the thing, and a player can click a valve to turn a vat on or off, right? Um, Lady Dark Vein, at every quarter of her health, right, so 75, 50, 25, will target a vat and lock it. If any of the vets full to top, right, full to 100%, um, then the raid wipes, you lose. Um, so what, what it is, is you need to race Lady Darkvane to health percentages so that you can unlock vats that she locks, right? So in the start of the fight, she's going to lock the first vat, and you have a certain a certain amount of time before to get her to 75% before... Um, you know that that vat fills entirely and you lose and as the vats fill the the various boss mechanics which are pretty normal things right soak in a circle you know uh do a positioning little puzzle with the beams um they bring an ad into into the group and dps it down those things ramp up in difficulty right so the first thing is you soak the circles and then the circles will then leave a puddle of bad on the ground and then the circles will bounce and so the first soak you know, it'll leave the puddle and it'll bounce to a second location where you have to do a second, a second soak. All of the mechanics kind of have that escalating behavior. Um, but I just think that that was fun and, and, and a neat way to sort of incentivize me as a DPS to be be paying attention to like the boss's health and where it's going. Like something I would do pretty commonly is hold my cooldowns in that fight specifically because arms cooldowns are blade. the, the, The main cooldown for arms is blade storm, right? which scales in effectiveness with enemies. And I almost always wanted to Bladestorm on top of ads, but there were times when I would look at the boss health and say like, boy, we're at 80% full on the vat. She has 7% left to go. I can't afford to hold this. I need to to do it, right? I need to go. Um, and I think that those are really interesting and, and, and compelling decisions to be making. So I guess I'm saying that Dark Vein is one of my favorite fights, even if I, I didn't really do the... I almost never interacted with the vats. I only did it once because the the regular person we had triggering certain vats was out. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say similarly. So it's one of my favorite vats because it's one of the ones I consistently did the best. Like, I just had good numbers on it. And that's because most of them, like, you know, about half the times I just didn't get selected to do orbs. And then, like, a lot of the mechanics um, that you have to, like, like you know, like the, the, the flasks, most of the time I didn't have to deal with them. Like, occasionally I'd pick one up, but, like, that was mostly a ranged thing, which is nice. Um... The only thing that was super frustrating uh, was the uh, was the was the balls. Is if someone died, like while they were going, yeah. it, and it was just kind of like you can't recover from it, and uh, the fight's over, and, and it sucks. Uh, so yeah, I also didn't love the way that the, and I'm pretty sure this is because we're like melee stacked or whatever. I'm pretty sure the bottles are kind of hot spot based. They're not just random in the room. They spawn near players, and because we had a lot of melee players, they were spawning close to melee. Mm. But we would get these situations where the melee would have a ring of bottles 
like on top of I, mean, I don't think the bottles ever overlapped like the bottles mm. tried not to overlap with their own bad right because something that kept happening is we would sort of draw a line of bottle goop on the ground that separated melee and range which I, I found very frustrating because in order to do any of the range mechanics you had to take 10,000 damage you know in in bottle ticks just to like transition between them which was honestly like you know, I don't think that that's game ending, but it just feels bad, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, and and the uh, I also the other big thing for me was that the the, the balls were uh, or rather like the the beams were seemed like the detection was not super clear at least, like about yeah. where you where you had to stand for it. And so that was that was not the end of the world, it was just frustrating, right? And also one of those things where like it is ticking damage on you and if you don't position quite right and you go down, then you basically wipe the whole raid, and you feel bad about it. So that, that's the only thing mechanic I didn't like about it. Otherwise, I thought the fight was, was a lot of fun. Seems like Who also thinks yeah. that this fight is that this fight is good <laughs> in um, the chat. She says it's a it's a fun fight. It can be frustrating if you don't have a good caller, and you could absolutely tell when our main caller was out for the night. Um, that management wasn't exciting, but it's the sort of system you know management that's a that's a thing that I really appreciate. Which I agree. Like I do like that when the raid presents you with kind of these high level strategic decisions. Something that we did was like choosing where to place the lust so that you could really power down one vat and not get its worst mechanics was an interesting choice to be made on a strategic level mm -hmm. for the fight, right? Because like a lot of the times the lust is just predictable, right? On Shriekwing, you do it off the bat. On Huntsman, you do it on the third dog because that dog is the most threatening. On um, Hungering Devourer, you do it right off the bat, right? On certain fights, you'll do it at the end because you need to get him through, you know, like you want to get him through the execute phase because his mechanics are stacking up over time. With um, Dark Vein, you got to really choose where to put the lust in order to proactively interact with the mechanics, right? Did you want non-threatening ads? Do it on the ads vat so that you don't, the, the ads vat never gets close to full. Do you want non-threatening orbs? Do it on the orbs vat so that the, you know, like the orbs never gets to full. I thought that was really cool and really clever and probably maybe like, I don't know. It's one of my favorite fights in the raid. Maybe my number one fight in the raid. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good fight though. Yeah, I agree. Um, up that like I actually really like this middle set of fights because up next will be or well, do we want to talk about, like the there's the trinket is the only piece of gear. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You use this trinket, right? I use this trinket for a, a little while. Um, it's like heavily coordination, and I never care enough to like figure out if anybody else had the trinket because I didn't even like you had to explain to me on one of these casts that there was like a coordination thing for it. Um, it's also kind of like like to me, it's like uninteresting in that like you kind of you hit it and you get a buff right like um at least like like skulker's wing and the dancers which are the trinkets i have used right like you know you hit it and then like something you do something right like skulker's wing is a little dangerous i killed myself at least once with it but um you know the dancers are kind of like you have to run around and get stuff and it's fun it's you know it's fine it's just kind of like wasn't particularly interesting to me especially since there was a strong coordination component that i never bothered to engage with just because yeah um, it didn't seem worth worth the effort, frankly. Um, I swapped um, it out. For, yeah. Okay, so the next fight, what do you want to do next? Artificer, I think. Ar okay, yeah, Ar Artificer. Art Ar Artificer Zymox, yeah. <laughs> Depending where you put the where you put the accent. Okay, yeah. So Artificer Zymox has kind of three unique phases. The first, fa but but it all s comes down to this portal mechanic, right? He he will place two portals on two different players in the fight. Typically, one melee and one ranged, right? And, um, and it will link the two locations. So if you walk through one, 
you will blink to the other, and if you walk through the other, you'll blink to the one, right? Kind of like, you know, you would expect a portal to be. Um, the three phases, the first one spawns these ghosts, where if the ghosts hit you, they mind control you, and the raid has to DPS you down. The second one is the boss will spawn these seeds, and the seeds have this huge, gigantic AoE, and so you need people to take the seeds, all tuck them away in a corner, and then quickly get back to the raid before the seeds blow up and they would theoretically die. Um, and then the third one is um, he summons like a big axe in the middle of the room, like there's a big blade, and then he will suck you into it. Uh, if you are in this growing AoE when the thing finally fires, right, um, you just instantly you just instantly die, basically. Um, there's a couple of other minor mechanics. Uh, every once in a while, he will drop a little a little trap on the ground. Um, and the traps will stun you and do a bunch of damage if you walk over them, right? So, like, you know, you, you obviously had to avoid the traps. There's a couple of healer things, right? Like, he'll do a thing that bounces through the entirety of the raid. He'll put a big dot on people. Uh, but I felt like this fight, in general, was kind of the opposite, right? Like, if, uh, if Dark Vein is a raid lead fight that is testing your ability to kind of coordinate on a high-end raid lead level, um, Artificer was a fight that wanted you to select kind of high mechanics they wanted to wanted to select for raw high level mechanics play across your like play entire raid right? yeah i think i'd agree with that yeah because yeah. like on, besides that he's just a tank smack you just sit on the boss and you dps him right but you need everyone in the raid to understand where the portals are going you need them to understand where the where the spirits are you need them to understand how to get out of you know like the growing ring from annihilation um, which I think is a pretty interesting, you know, kind of like uh, a pretty interesting challenge, I guess. Um, I was I was a seed runner. You were also a seed runner um, until I asked somebody. I, I had very good parses. I had epic and legendary parses throughout the entirety of Castle Nathria, uh, except for Artificer Zymox, because I would pull off the boss for 20 seconds to go, you know, heroically run a seed, zap through the portal and come back, which obviously tanks your, you know, which obviously tanks your parse a bunch. Um, I don't know what what did, what did you think? Give me your give me your thoughts. Yeah, no, I, I thought I thought it was a, I thought it was a fun fight. Like you said, it's it's, it's a lot of like individual mechanics, which you know gives you the opportunity to you know feel like you're you know you're doing it right, right? Like um, the beams he puts on the ground, I think was good practice for uh, for massacre from Denathrius. Um, uh, and you also you know it's one of those things. It's it's a great it's a great fight for feeling like a hero. There were a couple times early on where I would like just take a sieve and just like run it and be like, look, I'm dying for this, but the raid isn't going down, and I feel like I feel like a big man. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Like, so I feel that for sure. Um, uh, also, I you know the the last mechanic I could effectively ignore. Like you can serpent kick out of the thing and uh, out of the pull, and you're fine. So. Uh, that was that was that was you know nice thing a nice bonus for for me is like not having to engage particularly with that that mechanic, um, but like again in those kind of like um, you know individual hero moments someone gets themselves stunned you have to, or like possessed you have to punch them out of it right, and so you know it's like okay I'll pull off the person to do this and you, know, you feel you feel like you're doing your job and you're helping right so um, I think it's I think it's good for that um, but uh, otherwise yeah, I definitely I definitely agree I just think this is a a fun solid fight i was always happy to do the artificer fight. yeah i agree i it never it never dragged on me um and uh i i, I also want to say that i do think it was just sort of like f in in a fantasy way fun right like the idea that you are fighting this 
you know, the, the, the backstory here is that Artificer Zymox is trying to sell this deadly maw artifact to, um... Denathrius. Uh, Denathrius, right? And so... I And, and, and you just kind of, like, feel that, right? Where he's, like... He has these special things, the seeds of extinction, you know, this Maldraxxus crystal with the with the mind control spirits or whatever, and like he's using these different sort of like weapons against you. There's just like, and that's that's purely just like an aesthetics thing, but I think it works very well, and I was super down for it. Yeah, and you don't kill him, which means he'll be back probably. Um, and you don't kill him. I was hoping he's not actually back in Tazavesh, uh, which is the the Broker City Mega Dungeon that's coming out in nine point one, which I was a little surprised by because it seemed like the perfect sort of setup. Um, but, you know, hey. Yeah. Uh, uh, and was there any gear on him that, that, that made you pause? You know, he had one of the only rings in the ring. Do you use that? that oh, yes. Ring? Yeah, no, I love that ring, but I got it like seven times. So, uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, rings are another tough thing because, like, you know, they are also a secondary stat stick, right? Um, and they have versatility on them, which is a weird stat. Like, for most of the characters I've ever played, as a DPS, versatility is the worst stat. Versatility is a very boring stat. Um, it just happens yeah, to be that, the that's, that's, that's the other thing I hate. I fucking hate versatility because it is so boring. All it does, all you know, so crit will increase your chance to critically strike, you know, do double damage. That feels cool. Haste lowers your global cooldown and it lowers the, or it, it increases the, the, the rate at which you generate stuff. So it speeds up your spec, right? If you're playing a high haste, you know, build you will feel so much faster. Mastery is different for everybody, but like t it typically accentuates certain pieces of your playstyle, right? So if you are playing a high mastery version of your character, you are you are tending to really focus on a certain aspect of its mechanics to, you know, like folk to like focus in on or whatever. Versatility is just boring, right? Like all versatility does is it increases your overall damage and decreases your overall damage taken. That's it. And it's just like ugh. Yeah, I am, I am intensely uninterested by versatility. I agree, but it's the best stat for Windwalker monks. So, is it that sucks? I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so so the the thing mastery is 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 not super fun for me either because it's it's um increases the damage on combo strikes, which is just like don't repeat your moves. But like it's it's harder to feel that um in between. Uh, but you know. I don't know. I like haste now, mostly because of Invoker's Delight, right? Like, I hit a button, I just, like, I go real fast for a while, um, which also combos well with um, with the troll racial. But, uh... Yeah, I now have enough gear at different, like, at the same level for, for Baron that I I can run a crit version of Baron and I can run a haste version of Baron. And they do feel pretty different because it's about 10% either way, right? Like, I can I can focus in on... I can get a bit, essentially 30% crit or I can get 30% haste. Um, and like 20% of the other stat, or, or I kind of mix them, you know, sometimes I'll do 25, 25 basically. Um, but I was very surprised and I really feel the difference about having high of one or the other. Um, and it sort of like makes me, you know, it, it makes me think about the spec differently, which I, which I like a lot. Versatility will never make me think about my spec differently. Yeah. I will never play better because, or I will never change my playstyle on a high level because I have high versatility. Yeah, that sounds about right. Anyway, so that's Zymox. Uh, after this is Sun King. Sun King is a healer fight. Basically, the room will continually spawn ads while the healers, quote-unquote, HPS the boss, right? So, um, 
Sun King is Kit, Prince Kael'thas, and he just has no health at the beginning of the fight, so the healers are constantly dumping health into him. Um, eventually, he will spawn for very short phases, acting like a real boss, um, where he just has like a big frontal cone or whatever. Um, but mostly, this is just like a big AOE f bonanza. You get a bunch of AOE guys, um, and uh, and the fight really seems to sort of key into on the on on the healers. Um, what what were your thoughts about Sun King? It was one of my favorite fights, just because like you know I could do a bunch of AOE damage, right? Like I could use my you know my ring again because you know it's it's a it's a great ring fight because there's a bunch, you know it's every minute I'm just like murdering something, right? Great for getting those assassins down when they're returning the stone. Um, when we, we had downtime, I could like turn and use like my vivify and just like heal, uh, heal, heal Sun King. Uh, if you check, uh, I have a couple of like, I think I have a couple of, um, of legendary parses for healing for Windwalker. <laughs> <laughs> just cause like, amazing. I, I would turn and like just start healing him. Um, when, when I had the time, which is, you know, I, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, the only things that stuck out at me were, Actually, fighting Kael'thas was a little bit annoying sometimes, especially if you had to clean up. Like, if you had to clean up ads while Kael'thas was out, it was annoying. And if you were one of the people trying to clean up an ad and you got the stack mechanic on you... You just fucking die. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. just done. Um, also, it was hard to figure bad. out which way he was facing. Like, that was a consistent problem for me. It was like, like, because it's like a red... Just like a red see, you know, see through model. I found it's a very red room. He is red, mm. and the spell effect you're looking for is red. It was just very hard to like differentiate it. Absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Um, I like this fight a lot. I just kind of like it from like, uh, uh, like I don't even think the mechanics are the, the mechanics are, are like fine. fine. Yeah. But I just I just like it as a as a palette cleanser because my 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 priorities are so different, so radically different compared to a real boss fight where I'm like you know like executing my my rotation or whatever um i really loved the interaction of just like going to these different ads and like evenly bringing that you know like bringing them down and kind of choosing certain ads if uh, ads like the ones i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of um focus in on uh lou says that sunk for sunking brought back a lot of memories from ice ground uh but it somehow felt less fun than that raid ice ground also had a healer fight where you needed to heal a dragon um, to full in order to win. Maybe Massage talking there, who knows? But yeah, for the most part of my job was maintaining hots on our boy Kale Thas. Raid damage is pretty mad until Kale himself comes down and everyone starts dying. Yeah, I absolutely I, I feel that. I also think that the mechanic in Heroic where the pools that he spawns on the ground when he's doing his stuff is very neat and I like that a lot. At first I hated it. It made me feel like holy shit, how the fuck are we going to do this fight? Because How do you control those? But the, but the truth is, we had a lot of control over where he spawns those pools. We just had to, like, think about it, you know, kind of tactically for for a minute. Um, and I think that is, a, that is like, a perfect mechanic to add from going from a normal to a heroic raid. You want, you want them to add a mechanic, and you go, holy shit, that mechanic is hard to deal with. How are we going to do this? And then you do it, and you feel accomplished. Yeah, no, I, I agree. The only the the other big strategic mechanic was just like choosing when to push him into, uh, in, into his boss thing if you had the option because you know if you leave if you have too many things spawned when he's out it's it's a nightmare right like I think you had the insight that like you know those little gremlin things that no one really pays attention to just like deal so much damage you really need to clean them up before anything happens. Um, yeah, I don't think we as a raid handled that very well. I mean, we talked about um, 
you know, if the ads are up. Eventually, I think we got to a place where we convinced people that the ads are more important than Kael'thas when he is in his shade phase. Because for a lot of the time, it was just like, as soon as Kael'thas spawns, everybody tunnels on Kael'thas, which is absolutely incorrect. You want to kill the ads. They do so much damage. <laughs> Yeah, especially the little ones. Like, like at least the, the assassins will, like, follow you around and, like, make sure they're on you. So you can at yeah, least cleave. Yeah, you can, like, cleave them, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah the, 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 little, the little imps that just, like, gem you from, like, across the room. Yeah. Angry, angry. See, I always love... Lou says in the chat, I hate the healer buffs dropped by the damn ad we always killed at the back of the room. See, those ads are the most dangerous ads, and I loved killing them so quickly. Because that, that's a that's a part where the DPS feels great, right? The soul infusers spawn, they're the most dangerous thing. You absolutely cannot let them get to the thingy, the little whatever thing in the, in the front of the room, right? And so if you kill it in the back of the room, it feels good because, like, the priority thing, you killed it at the appropriate you know you killed it before it ever was a threat or whatever like i agree or i understand that you know killing it all the way in the back of the room then it leaves a little healer orb uh, it sucks for the healers but as a dps that was always my goal to kill that shit as quickly as fucking possible also she um, says we felt like we never handled the phoenixes correctly i think i'd agree with that i think we just kind of like let the phoenix go and hope that you know hope we could deal with it like you know like maybe you'd step out a little bit but like the, the way we were pulling them it's like it's also it was also hard to get out like if you were in the middle of fighting kalthos it was hard to get out behind where we were coming from because we like totally covered it in fire so yeah yeah i started killing the phoenixes that was the insight that i had is the phoenixes just don't have that much health so i would just kill it <laughs> yeah I, but and they don't come like, up they didn't come back up back fast enough for for it to be a, yeah they report they like come back after 10 or 15 seconds but that kelthos phase does not last very long it only lasts like 30 seconds or so so it just felt like the simple thing for me to do is i see the phoenix getting close i storm bolted i charge in and i just kick the shit out of it for 10 seconds and then it's dead for 10 seconds and then it pops back up for 10 seconds and then Kael'thas is dead you know what I mean so yeah, yeah that makes sense and and Lou says you know we basically wrote off anybody who got uh, targeted by the phoenix they got meteored they were just fucked uh yeah I mean like I said that's also what happened if you were clearing ads while Kael'thas was up so you know yeah uh the next fight in the raid is the council of blood which is the last fight in like the the bottom seven um, the Council of Blood is three different bosses, each of which have their own mechanics, and um, and you want and you DPS them down one at a time. Basically, it, as soon as you kill one of the bosses, the other bosses heal to full, and they also gain a new raid mechanic. This is another one that's sort of like Dark Vein, where you get to make a strategic choice about who you target when, right, and like what mechanic you want to deal with when, basically, because like if you go for um, we did our route was to go Niklaus Stavros Frida, right? Which to be to be fair was very anti-meta at the time. When we started progressing on uh Council of Blood, nobody did this. But I have since come to learn that our route is the very meta route of Niklaus Stavros Frida. Um I think this actually makes sense if you think about it just because Stavros and Niklaus both have mechanics that are like if you deal with them appropriately, they are not threatening. Um, whereas Frida just puts out raw damage, right? Soul Spikes just does 
bunch of damage. Prideful Eruption just does a bunch of damage to the whole to the whole raid. So the idea is that you do Frida first so that you get rid of that guaranteed damage and then instead you dodge the dancers, you do your recital correctly, yada, yada, yada. But the truth is, is that those mechanics are hard and people don't do them correctly and they die a lot. So instead we did the opposite thing <laughs> where we made the choice where, you know what? Predictable heavy damage is something we can deal with. People fucking up these dumb mechanics and getting stunned and dying is not something we could deal with. So we're gonna we're gonna do Niklaus well, Stavros Frida. What are even Niklaus's bonus things? Because I, I don't even know. Ads. He spawns the he spawns the, the ad that shields the guy. The second version of Niklaus spawns more ads that just show up and start hurting you. And the final version of Niklaus spawns all of those ads and another big ad that hurts that that powers up all of the other ads right which is just a huge pain um i think for us this was also correct because we're so melee heavy the ads are, t are were really hard to deal with and the first couple of times we were progressing on this boss it was really hard to deal with because the ads spawn at range and so if you're range gps all you got to do is tap target right but if you're melee you have to run out and fight them and that sucks and is hard um which you know don't love don't love that, but it is what it is. Yeah, this is one of my favorite fights. This is my favorite just because it was fun. Like, I thought that the mechanic, yeah. like, the dancing mechanics were fun. It felt very thematic, you know, very much kind of like, you know, uh, like um, when you had partners and you had to run, run like, the damage out. Like, that felt like almost like dancing. It was hard, and we fucked it up a lot, but it was fun. Um, yeah. Uh, I was very good at recitals. I don't think I ever died to a recital. Mm. Every um, time I had a dance partner. Um, I need to, to, to bop out real quick, vamp about the count line. Okay, I will vamp. Uh, so Lou says in the chat, this fight felt like a fun take on pretty classic mechanics. For example, the dance macabre is just the easy version of the safety dance, which is a, a reference to a uh, a mechanic that was in Next Ramus, where you needed to move across different places on the floor or else acid would, would kill you. And my life got a lot easier when I decided to... Stop trying to dodge dance couples each time they moved and instead just run to an area nowhere near where they show up and stay there. Um, I think that's very fair. Uh, my, my thing with the waltz that was net, like when the dancing couples showed up is the dancing couples only moved in like lateral directions. They did not move along diagonals. So they would, so I mean, you could see on the floor, which was like a chessboard, they would move two spaces two squares you know laterally in any in any direction but they would never move diagonally in any direction so my thing with the dance guys was i would always just sit on the corners so that the dances would not wouldn't would never hit me um lou also says we never did recitals right either i spent so much time dodging couples who would run right at my face yeah i mean i think the real answer is that uh it is hard to coordinate mechanics like that and you need to bend over backwards to those people rather than like police rigidity in the mechanic i also think this is true by the way of um uh you know we 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 talked about this on the artificer fight like i also think this is true of the uh like the the spirits or whatever right like there's so much going on that you just kind of have to deal with it in the moment or, or it, the phoenixes are also like this now that i think about it you just you just have to let it the person who has the thing do their thing and deal with it just because like in the middle of everything else it can be it can be really dangerous the big problem with the with the dance mechanic was people it drops the little orbs behind you and so if people sat in melee for 
three seconds before they went to go find their dance partner, they were basically leaving these gigantic landmines that would wipe melee behind, like behind. Uh, but that wasn't as big of a yeah as big of a deal moving forward. People people got the notice that like when they had dance recital, they they at least moved out and started booking. Yeah, no, to 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 Lou's point about like people running running at your face, like you know, yeah, that's it. It sucks, and I'm sorry, but like it's also one of those things where like you like because comms are supposed to be quiet, you just kind of have to like run with your partner and hope that like you both have the message in a court and you know everybody else everybody else get out of the way. But it, yeah. it, I feel like that's the best you can do. Um, you know, you try and follow the path, and then you know, you know, if if your dance partner is you know not following the path, well, I guess I gotta stay with him. This is also this is also when we get to Sludge Fist, which we will soon. This is a very similar thing. It's like, well, if my partner's not following the rules, I guess I gotta follow him, right? Like, um, or you know, if you know, it just happens that way, right? Like, you know. You know, somebody the league doesn't make it. We'll, we'll get the sludge fist in a second because we're gonna have a lot okay, of time. Okay, so the other the other neat thing about council was the trinket that you talked about. The, yeah. the haste trinket. This is the only trinket in raid that I used, and it's because I got it very early. I didn't even get it from raid. I got this from one of the dungeon weeks, right? Where um, if you do a certain number of dungeons, you get a piece of two thirteen gear. The first piece of gear I got out of that was uh, this haste trinket, and what that does is it has a minute and a half cooldown. And it spawns four dancers, dancers, and you you have to like you have to quote unquote dance with them by walking into them. And if you walk into all four, you get a big giant stacking haste buff. Um, this is, to my understanding, this is one of the best trinkets in the game. Um, especially like at two twenty six, it's in a lot of people's best in slot. But I do think that the requirement to move around like that is pretty interesting because it requires you to sacrifice a certain amount of time, right? Like you sacrifice like a global, um, and if you don't pick them up that's bad that's really bad right um i don't know what, what did you think about using this trinket um i mean so i so my, my big secret thing was is i i used it in the countdown right like when, it, when the countdown hit five i hit it and i had enough time to gather all four ghosts and then run in um and then also like monks fairly mobile so it wasn't a big deal also it was one of those things where it's like i won't sweat if i miss one of the ghosts Right, like you know, because you you get you know you get three of them, you get three quarters of it. And you're like that's just like the way it's gonna be, right? Like yeah. See, the neat thing for me when I was using this was as an arms warrior. So um, different different classes have different cooldown cadences, right? Um, you know, like it'll be one minute, two minutes, three minutes. Arms is a one and a half minute cooldown cadence class where I have both Avatar and Bladestorm that are both 90 second cooldowns. And the cooldown on this trinket is also 90 seconds. So I could always pair it with Bladestorm. And while I'm Bladestorming, I don't really need to worry about, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, as long as I'm on the boss, if I'm doing little sidesteps to pick up all the things, I'm still Bladestorming, you know? Like, <laughs> it's it's fine. So this trinket actually turned out to be really great for uh, for me for that reason. Also, it's, oh, it's always nice to pair big, powerful trinkets with my big powerful cooldowns right like getting a big injection of haste while i have 20 percent extra damage from avatar is huge um rather than you know if this is a two minute trinket and it's desynced from avatar that haste is less useful to me yeah i think the big secret for the trinket is you stand still initially that way it spawns in if you're moving and picking them up while they're spawning they spawn a little bit unpredictably but if you stand still for like the three seconds they'll be around long enough for you to pick all four up with that with minimal problems. Yeah, Lou in the chat is complaining. She says this is the worst trinket in existence. I say controversially. I don't actually think that's all that controversial an opinion from a caster because like that's yeah. a dangerous thing to do as a caster, right? 
me losing a global as an arms warrior is not all that bad. I mean, arms is actually designed not to fill every global in the rotation. There are times when I just sit and I wait because I'm, I'm waiting for a weapon swing to give me the rage I need to attack. Um, and and you're already mobile, you know, like if you pop the trinket in melee, you, you can you can move around pretty liberally without having to, you know, lose globals, lose uptime of the boss. But like whiffing casts is much, much worse and much, much harder to do um, when you're ranged if you have to like go pick these up. Most ranged classes do have sort of like instant cast options. Um, like this is one of the nice things when I'm playing my warlock, for instance. My when I'm playing my warlock as destruction, I'm very rooted and very turreted. I don't have a lot of mobility. But when I'm playing as demonology, I have a ton of mobility because of the way that demon bolts can be made instant cast, and I can basically bank six seconds of movement whenever I need it by just sitting on four stacks of the demon bolt thing. Um, but yeah, I do I do like that trinket a lot, and I think it might be the the kind of coolest trinket in the raid it is very evocative it's very flavorful yeah. all of that kind of stuff that i love this is something that wow has been getting better and better about over the years right like making trinkets that are not just like boring thing happens but instead have like an interesting kind of um i don't know like flavorful addition to them yeah 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 um i guess it's time for sludgy boy who was you know okay our other was our was our big big hurdle i would say over the course of over the course of the raid here's how such fish work such fish is a big big bad guy who um he, you know like he he will chain two players together and if those two players move far enough apart from one another their their chain will snap and both players will auto die right instantly die I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's an instant kill. It does a lot of damage. I've had partners. It, okay, yeah, yeah, it does a lot of damage. I have also survived chain snaps before, um, specifically when I like anticipate or I work to a chain snap. I you can you can you can actually survive them. Um, also, paladins famously can bubble the chain and insta kill their partner because the bubble removes the debuff, which snaps the other person's chain automatically. <laughs> <laughs> like no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, he chains people at, you know, like, different like, like different spots in the fight. Um, and then he will spawn, you know, uh, like, rocks will fall from the ceiling. They'll stun you if you stand in them. They leave a lingering pool that will slow and do damage over time. Um, and uh, he will sometimes stomp the ground so you have to like run out from the boss he'll sometimes yell which pushes everybody out but it pushes everybody out radially so if you are on the same kind of like radial axis um as your partner you guys will both be pushed in the same direction you're fine but even if you're like next to one another if he does the push he'll push you like this and you can snap chains that way that happens at range a lot too because obviously he pushes you back a certain a certain distance in melee that's not super dangerous but in but in range if he pushes two players who are five degrees off from one another both back six yards that chain is going to snap um and uh, and he's a dps race is the other thing where you only have you you run him into these pillars and uh it's about once a minute and it has a big it puts a big amp damage amp on him where you get 10 seconds to just like really go hard on and like dpsing the boss um you only get four of those pillars though if he makes it to a fifth pillar you run him into the wall and he soft enrages and wipes the raid basically um we got very okay at doing sludge fist but we were constantly running into issues with dps you know not being high enough and running into like pillar five like our first 
sludge, our first couple sludge fist kills, I would say, were very dirty kills. Yeah. Where it was like a couple paladins who had saved their bubble for the for the end of the raid were trying their damnedest to kill sludge fist before the dot killed them. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely feel that. It felt like it was particularly punishing the melee, which was what we are mostly are because because there's so much shit on the ground, right? Like, and you have to maneuver around so much, especially with yep. the with the stomp, right? Like, um, it's not a not a not a a an easy fight for for melee. Otherwise, it, yeah, we go on. We eventually solved this fight by nominating sort of a melee group lead and a ranged group lead. Um, who would sort of dictate you put a marker on them and they would just co communicate their movement and rather than trying to coordinate with your individual chain partner you were just trying to stick on your marker uh, which seemed to solve, solve the issue though I was a particularly not good ranged caller because uh, <laughs> I yeah. talked too much and and that was that was bad yeah Lou, Lou points out that they nerfed the chain distance which I think was super important right like nerfing the chain distance means that if you and your partner split on like a, a rocks fall and like you didn't stray too far from it, then you could still survive it, right? Like so. Yeah. Um, yeah. The rocks I eventually just started ignoring, to be honest with you. Um, where like, if I if we had to move through the rocks, we moved through the, the rocks. Right, yeah, like, yeah. It did damage. That sucks. But like at the end of the day, it was the least important mechanic, and we just needed the freedom of movement a lot of the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we we've both talked about this in the past. Um, like you know, if you're not chained. It's just so much easier, right? Like oh you, you got just so like it's, it's like oh, buttons, kill everything, right? Like, <laughs> which I actually think I like a lot. I mean, you know, I was pretty pretty down on Sludge Fist, but I think I would say it's up there. You know, it's my top five uh, over the course of the over the course of the raid compared to some of the other uh, like compared to some of the other bosses. It is a fight that has certainly grown on me, though. I will say it is insanely punishing for a melee raid, like. Wow, wow, wow. Doing this fight with a ranged stacked group is so fucking easy. Oh my god. I, I did this fight on, on one of my alts once in a pug, and I was just like, this is brain dead. This is so simple. I cannot believe this fight is so easy. Because being able to not deal with the big giant AoE stop is just... It's nice. Makes sense. All right, uh, and uh, generals, I guess, is up next. Oh, did we have? Is there anything to talk about? Hateful chain. Did that matter to you? Um, I think I'm using it because again, it was one of the things where I looked up and, but like, it's 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 a passive, right? So you, I don't think about it. Yeah, yeah. I always try and have one equip trinket and one uh, on use trinket. Uh, like sometimes I'll do two equip, but I don't like using two on use trinkets just because of how like to queue them up is, is a little bit awkward yeah or um and the hateful chain is a pretty good equip trinket out of this out of this dungeon so yeah the the only other thing i have to say about the loot is that there are several pieces of loot that are like named like you know like an oversized mitt or whatever and they look like normal sized things which is uh bad um <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know that's 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 the only thing there uh generals generals which generals is man generals okay so, um, generals, you're fighting two different folks at two different times, right? So first it is one general who is putting bleeds on people, um, and you need to run those bleeds out because she throws a boomerang, and if the boomerang 
goes through anybody inside of the raid, right, that person will will get the, the bleed, and the bleed is infinite. The only way that you can drop it is by standing in another mechanic called Crystallize, which, like, stuns you for a second and, and removes your bleeds. Um, when that general is done, a second general spawns, who, uh, who you end up fighting. And he does two mechanics, one which is called Seismic Upheaval. So under your feet, he will just do like a, like a big blast and then a second and a big blast and then a second and a big blast. Everybody's gotta move. And then another one called uh, Eruption. Something Eruption. So stone Something Eruption, I'm pretty sure. Um, where he places a big AOE on a person, they need to run that out. But when it drops, it drops a pool on the floor. And every subsequent time he casts that same ability, that pool needs to be soaked, or else the raid takes a you know like the raid takes a ton of damage. Um, also soaked by somebody is, who hasn't soaked a pool recently. Yeah, oh that is true. You can't soak multiple instances of the eruption in heroic. You have to sort of trade off, right? Um, because if you soak one, you'll get a debuff that says the next time you soak, it'll do a million more damage. And, uh, and so you gotta go like one, the other, one, the other, one, the other sort of thing. Uh, the final mechanic is, oh right, it's Crystallize. And so Crystallize is he puts a thing on you that at first nobody wants to stand in unless they want to clear a bleed. And then everybody wants to stack in because it does a ton of damage and if not enough people stack, we die. Um, the final phase of the fight is with both of them, but the first half is you fight one, then the other, then the end then the end is the two of them together. I fucking hate this fight. I think this is the worst fight WoW's put out in a really long time. <laughs> I think it's incredibly obnoxious, and I hate it so much, and I just have no fun doing this fight. <laughs> I, I agree with you that it's, it's obnoxious. Like, one of the things that, like, particularly probably, there's, like, a lot of, like, there's, like, some dead time, right? Like, it's not a particularly, like, you know, racy fight, and there's stuff, like, the, the thing that irks me the most always is, like, well, there are times when I could be, you know, like, not, like, when you're waiting for something to transition, it's like, well, the boss is out, and they're taking 90% reduced damage, but if you want, I want to keep my DPS numbers up, I should still be slapping that person. It's like, I'm not going to do that, and so it just kind of, like, you know, grinds yeah, my gears in that way. Enough, there's an intermission between each of the the boss switches, and during the intermission, the bosses take this 99 produce, like, less damage. And it does spawn an ad, but the ad goes down pretty quick, and you still have to do, like, the intermission thing. And it's just like, I hate that. I hate one of the things that the way the bleed works is the boomerang counts on the boss as she throws it and catches it. So when the boomerang is coming out, if you're melee, you have to get off the boss. Then she throws the boomerang, it goes out, it hits one person, then the other person, then it hits her again, and then you can come back on the boss, and that is the worst. I hate that so much. All I want to do, all I want to do is fight. I just want to fight the thing. And so anytime in these raids where I need to stop DPS, I just want to pull my fucking hair out. I don't know why. It's just, and it, uh, like, my knee-jerk reaction, I find it so frustrating it's like why why did why did this happen i just want to keep fighting please let me keep fighting yeah yeah no i i i agree with that mostly i don't know. i also didn't like uh like like you said the fight's obnoxious right like you know to now three is, is also tough but like i always like didn't notice the time passing and be like oh you know like you know it's time for this phase again like like this one it feels like okay you know it felt like a slog to get get through this fight because there was like lots of of gates and that you know yeah 
not my favorite fight. I, I would say it's probably my least favorite fight of the raid. I haven't been playing, you know, past long enough to really, you know, you said it's the worst one in a while. I think it's the worst one of the raid. That might be hyperbolic. I'm sure, you know, somebody might remind me of some fight I, I may have famously hated in a, in a previous raid. I don't really think about previous raid fights all that often. Um, but, uh, you know, for someone who has been doing, like, it all, I did progression on all the fights in BFA and progression all the fights in Legion, uh, you know, this one just, buh, ugh, hated it. Uh, and then finally, Sire Denethrius, which I also kind of hated this fight. For a very similar reason, though, a little bit less pronounced. A any any gear our... on generals that you want to talk about? Oh, any, uh, do you have the Stone Legion heraldry? I do, I do, which is another, like... Yeah, that one is, like, cool, because it wants you to be in a party with other people with Stone Legion heraldry, though it is otherwise just a passive trinket. Um, also, f oh, f so... Uh, Sim-wise, it is also worse for me. So I don't even, I'm holding on to it because it's technically my highest level trinket, but uh, uh, because the other two are two thirteen. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, yeah, fair enough. Denathrius, uh, the big boy himself. The so Denathrius has three phases. The first phase is a DPS race where he is cutting off slices of the room, sort of in a pizza pie way, where he like covers the room in gunk that you can't that you can't stand in. Um, and the core mechanic is you need to take a certain amount of damage from his ability, cleansing pain, to remove stacks of a debuff that you have, such that when you push him to seventy percent, you can you can like do a do sort of a sprint to the middle. Because the, the, you will have reduced movement speed for each stack of the debuff that you have, right? So if you're at two stacks, you can make that sprint just fine. If you have three, three stacks, you can technically make it, but it's close. If you have four stacks, there is no way in hell you're making it to the end before he kills you. Without assistance. Um, without assistance. He all, it also spawns a ton of little ads. Um, like, each time he clears a, a debuff from somebody, that spawns an ad, and you clear the debuffs kind of half the rate at a time where you go... Half the raid, half the raid, half the raid, half the raid, everybody. Um, and then he also does a mechanic called Night Hunters where he places a thing on someone and there's a line and there's a little ghost of Denathrius who's like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And you need people to stand in the line of that ghost in order to reduce its damage because the amount of damage it does to its final destination is going to heal Denathrius for the exact same amount. But you can't stand to um, oh, Let's talk about this phase by phase. I think that's probably the easiest way to do it. Let's talk about phase one. Sure. Um, okay. Uh, like, we got it down pretty well, and we got it down too well, I think. Like, like, like you were saying about the last fight, right? Like, there's moments where you have to, we had to stop DPSing the after because we were pushing him too fast. That that felt bad, but it didn't feel so bad that it was a problem. It was just like one of those things where it was like, all right, I guess we have to wait to to transfer this the, this fight. Uh, I will say that consistently, Night Hunters didn't get handled super well by us, right? Like, like it was. Oh, really? You think so? Well. I, it, it worked out well enough, but it was consistently a coin toss as to whether or not it was going to be, you know, brought to the wall in the right way, right? Like, oh yeah, sure. Um, and it was, you know, people figured out how to work around it, but like, you know, it was just, I don't know, I, f I found it to be an annoying mechanic, not a particularly difficult one, um, especially because like if someone was pushing off to the side, it was hard to tell sometimes if they were going for like, oh, I'm pulling it out of the raid to do it. Whatever, not the end of the world. We got through it. I thought it was fine. It was great for, like, you know, AOing stuff and doing lots of little damage. I do I do have to say, I like that there's a DPS phase. Or, or sorry, to be clear, I, a, um, uh, like, a DPS check at the top of the raid. This is an uncommon mechanic, and it's a neat one. 
it's one that I think is pretty sweet. Um, I'd be happier where... if it was truly a GPS check where you could just like go hog wild. The, the fact that we have to, you have to moderate at some point to make sure you get enough of the the, the, the things off was annoying. And that might have been like our particular strategizing, but I yeah, I more... also I absolutely agree with you. I want to go hog wild every single time. And like it, we had to pull off DPS a bunch of times on in, in the Denathrius fight. And it's fucking frustrating. I hate that feeling. It's the same thing of Generals. The Generals is worse about it. Because you do it for all the intermission phases. And you do it every time she casts the fucking Wicked Blade or whatever. Um, which just feels punishing. It just feels like when you are doing... You are being punished for being too good. Right? Which just which sucks. And it's also weird because other... the Other versions of... So both Heroic Ashara and Heroic Nazoth, which are fights that I did... Um, have similar mechanics, but they both have the sort of transition window to give you a buffer to, to not have to worry about it, right? So, like, rather than pushing someone into the next phase right at the last instant, it kind of triggers a 10-second cleanup phase or 20-second cleanup phase where it's like, are there any ads left? Kill those ads really quickly. And then the boss shows up. Or, is it, you know, like, th that kind of thing. And I, I would have loved a mechanic along those sorts of lines for uh, for Tanath. Yeah, and it almost seems like the, the weird thing we had where, like, if we killed him just the right time, the ads would spawn and, like, do damage to us while we were transitioning. Was, it almost feels more like a bug than it is, like, an intentional design thing, right? Yeah, like, it's absolutely a bug. What would happen is if you push him to 70%, uh, you and the ads were spawning in midair, they would land while Denathrius is casting his next ability, get two ticks of a big, fat AoE that all of the raid takes... And then, and then despawn when Denathrius starts casting, casting his next ability. Which I think is just, there's a despawn trigger at the front of his next ability, and there's a despawn trigger at the thing, and we're just in that window. Yeah, you know? it doesn't help that we're also, since since the way we decided to do is we all take that last one, It's that that damage is maximized, right? Because it's all, yeah, for sure. all members of the raid, it's based on number of things. But anyway, um, then, you know, you get pulled downstairs, and you get to see if you failed or not as, as, you're, as you're falling down. Which, that was honestly pretty great. Yeah, I, I was in a I was in a a, a normal the other day where because that the thing is called fall of the unworthy. If you get the debuff, um, if you don't do the run, if you don't do the sprint in time, Denethrius marks you with a debuff that everyone in the raid can see as you fall down this tube of giant mirrors, right? And when you hit the bottom, you you die. Um, I was in this I was in this normal pug, and um, and after we did our first pull of Denethrius, a couple people hit fall of the unworthy and, I, and we ended up wiping and the raid leader said uh to those of you who got fall of the unworthy i concur with sire denathrius and he kicked every kicked them all out of the raid. <laughs> <laughs> that stop was great <laughs> yep. but anyway so phase two is like an ad spawning phase right um him and the sword are doing kind of different things like they are they are individually tankable the sword will every once in a while impale individual players um, and create these lines on the floor that you didn't want to stand in because it would put a really hefty bleed on you. And then the sword would also do Massacre, where it targets a player with like a line that goes through the entire raid room, and you can see that whole sort of line. And it's like constantly, it's like drawing big streaks with a marker or something on the floor. So it's very like, you know, watching your feet. Um, at the same time, he spawns a set of ads, two of which are ranged ads that are across a little a little gap, 
and two of which are melee ads that you like tank denathrius on uh, and the final phase two mechanic is he spawns a a vision of himself that is a big nuke and you can run through mirrors in the room to z quickly zap to the other side to get away from the yeah. the hand of destruction it does damage based on distance so you know that's uh, it does damage based on distance he also pulls you into it yeah which is a pretty core part of that mechanic uh we were we were pretty punished on this one just because we were so melee heavy but we the the cool thing about this phase that i will give blizzard credit for is you can have melee act as ranged by jumping across and dealing with the ranged ads which i thought were with which i thought were were were, were sweet and when those ads died um they would then spawn a little swirly under everyone's feet and um if the if you got hit by the swirly it would bounce you back which a lot of the times sent you tumbling into that gap and die, die. lou yeah. says the bounce swirlies are the worst things ever and i hate them but i don't think they're unfair i did not i got hit by the bounce swirlies once i'm pretty sure uh and i was like what i was out of that <laughs> yeah so for me the bounce rollies were the worst when like we were in like you know those 40s and i was just tired and i was like kind of doing it mechanically and like not fully paying attention to be like oh shit i got hit by the bounce early and now i'm in the thing and i'm dead and i feel very <laughs> bad about this and also i was maybe secretly hoping to myself that we didn't clear because i wanted to be alive when we when we the death is but you know uh. <laughs> i feel that i feel that yeah i mean i was on the jump crew it was me and Phelanor would jump across heroically put cross to deal with the to deal with the ranged ad which i like a lot I, I think that's a cool interaction and i think that that's always a fun thing to do to sort of like cordon off certain members of the raid team to be like you have a specific job that is different from everybody else's job um i like i i, I like those mechanics and i kind of want to see almost more of those mechanics in general in wow raids because they're fun they're sweet even though the other reason we did it is because we were so fucked in terms of we were um, so melee heavy so we, were, we were so fucked in terms of being so melee heavy. I also think that there's a pretty poor interaction where if you drop an ad at the right time, he will... You kill the ad, he grips everyone to one location where you're kind of, like, stuck for a second, and the ad swirlies spawn under you, and then he drops you onto the swirlies. Um, and you can still get out of it. Like, there's definitely enough time to get out of it, but there were definitely some people who died just because they took 80 fucking swirlies because all of the swirlies <laughs> spawned under their range. And they didn't move in time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise I thought it was like a fine phase, right? Like it was, you know, um, felt like a lot of room to, to to do stuff in, right? Like a lot of like, you know, I, I felt good about that phase. Um, third phase. The one thing I hated about that phase is in the transition to the third phase, we sometimes pulled DPS up to Dathrius, which again, made my eyes bleed, mm. you know? And it's specifically because when Denathrius enters the next phase, if any adds are up, those adds are very dangerous because they reduce healing to the overall group. And Denathrius is now in a damage ramp, right? So any damage that you're putting on the adds is not damage you're putting on Denathrius and it's like, and it's, and it's very dangerous. Um, again, like Nizoth had this also, but with Nizoth there was a 20 second holdover period where either you could get free damage on Nizoth if you were very good and you got your adds down in time, or you could clean up the ads, right? Which I just like. I miss that mechanic so much. Denethrius like, basically way, has that too. Cool shit to do. Doesn't he? Like Sorry, what? he has basically the same thing. He's monologuing at the beginning of it, so you've got time to clean up the ads if you if you. The monologue is like five seconds. In the Nizoth okay. phase, it's like twenty. Seconds. Okay, okay. So you like actually have time to DPS the the, the ads down. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, 
And let's talk about let's you know transition into the third phase yeah, along okay. with uh, and then, or... so phase three brings back the pizza pie mechanic from phase one where he's slowly pizza pieing off thirds of the room until there's just no room left, um, and then he's using an ability called fatal finesse. Fatal finesse places a debuff on you that you got to run out because it has a big circle and it'll do damage. You know he'll be do a big slash. But the interesting thing is fatal finesse will leave behind an orb, and the orb has a small little thing in the ground and. Um, and for each, and, and it will deal damage to anybody inside that ring. For each tick of damage that deals, the orb itself gets smaller and smaller until it goes away. Um, and if the orb doesn't go away, it will burst out and deal and deal damage to everybody. Um, for for like the amount that was that was unsoaked. We famously fucked this mechanic up because we didn't understand the way it works. We thought we had to sit in the orb before it exploded, which is a, a mechanic from Ashara. She had orbs that worked that way, and we all just kind of assumed um, for a couple of pulls until we realized that no, you actually have to just sit in the orb. It goes tick 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 tick, and then you do it to the other the other two orbs. I actually like this phase quite a lot. I think it is plenty of fun, and there is there's a neat interaction between the kind of high adrenaline race of what he of what is happening and the you know like the mechanics at play. Um, it's also neat because the orbs are always timed. Like, that phase is when you can just get down to a timer, right? Like, there's nothing that keys onto his health. He's just going to do this, then that, then this, then that, then this, this, that, that. You know what I mean? And uh, and I like getting in those kinds of, like, rhythms when it comes to bosses. Yeah. So this is probably my least favorite phase um, just because, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm always, like, you know, I'm always a mechanics first type of guy, right? Like, you know, I, I I don't even think of going back to the boss until all the orbs were down, and my 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 DPS plummeted because I was just like I was always on orbs. Like I, I felt like I never yeah. had a chance to get back to the boss, um, even as a fairly mobile class. Um, and I don't know, maybe yeah. I, I later learned that Sarian, our raid leader, had specifically set up a funnel group who did not soak orbs. They just sat on the boss and they they did hard DPS, which I remember quite a lot. From uh, I remember old year we had this. We had a funnel team that was just people who st stacked on one guy and fought him until he died or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Lou says in the chat, finding a moment to stop to cast a heal is rough. Certainly, yeah. I get that. There's a lot of movement in that fight because he's bouncing you around. He's sucking you in with hand of hand of destruction. He's pushing you out with shattering pain. Um, you obviously have to be dodging the orbs and moving into the little tiny orbs. Uh, that is a fight that is brutally punishing uh, when it comes to you know getting a second to get a cast off. Yeah, no, I yeah, it was it was definitely very satisfying when we got it done. I just felt very sad that I had dropped to like three k DPS by that point because I, <laughs> I have to agree it was satisfying to get it down. Um, and it was also interesting, I guess I would say, to get it down because we got it down on literally literally our last pull of the night, right? Our our final pull. We went into we, bonus pulls. You know, we're over yeah. raid time, right? And we just kind of like went all the way. And by that point, I was actually really tired. I was exhausted, and I was really checked out of the raid at that moment. And um, and we got to this point where Denathrius was at ten percent HP, and I was like, oh oh. Oh, oh shit! We're we're going. We're 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 getting it done, you guys. <laughs> so yeah, no, no. I kind of similarly, like like maybe like a half hour before that, I like died three times in a row. I'm like, oh, I'm not paying enough attention. I kind of like got myself into like the mindfulness zone. I'm like, I'm gonna pay attention and make sure we get this fucking done. And then you know, like 
half hour later we did it and i felt felt very good even though like i said my dps sucked so uh, what is your overall experience with castle nathria does it how does it pair to other raid experiences that you've had um i don't know if i've had a ton uh, like I raided with you guys at the beginning of uh, BFA, right when we got down. Uh, uh, when we we got down, what was the 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 Gahoon? The big worm? No, no, no. The um, the 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 Satter. Oh, that's Xavius. Yeah, I'm sorry. Xavius. that's uh, Legion. Oh, was it Legion? Yeah, you're right. I didn't do BFA then. I'm yeah, I'm bad at these. Uh, yeah, last one I did fully was Legion, like as current content. And I don't even think I did an AOT. I think I had dropped by the time you guys were doing heroic. Um, and before that, I had done like Zulgurub and Classic, um, and that was it. Um, uh, otherwise, I was just doing stuff on kind of like as as like previous content. So, um, definitely a lot of fun. Definitely felt like a reason to keep coming back. Um, Interesting to me that I stayed on for as long as I did because usually, I, like I said, I've fallen off by this point. Yeah, usually you fall off before this point. Yeah. Sure. Um, are you are you like done with the raid? Are you gonna keep showing up to raids? I'll probably keep showing up till nine point one. I'll probably keep showing up to raids since it's once a week, right? Like there's like yeah. Um, like if it was twice, like I I'd, I'd stop showing up to for Thursdays probably if if everybody else was. Um, but uh, you know that's like basically enough maintenance for me to to, to feel good about it. Um. I have, like, you know, I, I kind of want the hat from Denathrius and, like, the weapons, but, you know, that's, like, also not enough. Like, if we discover that we can't get Denathrius down again, I'm not going to sweat it. I'll be like, we got, I got the achievement. Fuck it, right? Like, who cares? Yeah, um, for sure. I, I'm, I, I want to do more Denathrius just to also get the hat from Denathrius. I think he has everyone's helms. And because that fight is so hard, you know, and, like, tough to do, uh, and it takes fucking you know, forever or whatever, I feel like getting Denathrius hats is going to be a pretty, uh, I don't know. He also, he also drops a ring. He drops a very haste heavy ring that I think is good for a lot of people. And he also drops a, um, a trinket that I think is good. Do you, do you know his trinket that the, the, it like does a blast of fire damage or something? Yeah, okay. Oh, you know, it, uh, I might've heard it. Like it might be one that I, I saw on like the chart and be like, this is the best trinket. I'm like, what, where does that come from? I don't recognize this. Um, so, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm down, you know, I, like I said, I'll keep coming back for, for this fight. Um, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I also, so, you know, maybe transitioning into our weeks is we've got like five minutes left. Um, sure. uh, like similarly, I have hit the point where I've like upgraded all of my, actually this last week, I upgraded all my, my, uh, my base. So like, I'm finally spending anima on like fun stuff. You know, yeah. So like mounts and shit. Yeah, yeah. I am in the same space, and it is cool. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, you know, it's like thirty-five thousand for the weapon sets, which is like a, you know, a pain in the ass. But like, it's enough for me. It's enough for to keep me like trickling back in, right? Like, you know, not enough that I'll like play so much that I burn myself out. But enough that it's like, okay, this is fun, right? Like, I'll keep tending to my guard. That's the other thing is that, um, for uh, for Ardenweald, like my like my um mechanic is like every three days go click some buttons instead of like having to actually actively do anything so that's nice and relaxing um yeah i love those i i i really enjoy just doing small low stress things mm. in wow and i don't know that that's that's like that's fun and it's something that i that i i cherish like i played a lot of wow this weekend but i was mostly just doing like 
dumb bullshit like World Quest for Anima or whatever while watching Mind Hunter on my other screen, right? Mm. Like, yeah, no, that's that's like wow. While I while I podcast is that or listen to a podcast, not why do the pod this podcast, but is definitely a, a a way to kill time, right? It's just kind of like do 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 do. I'm gonna uh you know listen to people talk about the Supreme Court and get some anima. It's great. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, otherwise, for my week, the only big standout thing is I beat Aaliyah, uh, which is a game I had started a couple weeks ago. It is relatively short. Took me probably like f- let me let me check. It's probably like less than six hours in total um, to 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 beat. Um, it's very pretty um, and it's very smooth playing, but I don't know how much I can re- recommend it. Four point seven hours is how long it took me to beat the game. Um, that was not a completionist run. I was missing a couple of the collectibles, um, but uh, the story's kind of nonsensical, and I thought it was a little too easy. It's neat. I'd pick it up for like less than ten bucks. Um, it's like I said, it's very pretty um, and very atmospheric, so it's good on that front. But uh, yeah, yeah, I feel that. I I have done very little. I played Outriders. That's the big thing, which we'll obviously talk about next week, unless something crazy happens. Then we need to we need to talk about it more. I've also played a bunch of the nine point one PTR. This is another thing because like. You know, I've kind of accomplished the big things that I wanted to do in in WoW, but I still want to play WoW. Um, I have been playing the 9.1 PTR as a way to not spoil myself for the story, because instead of like WoW head, reading the WoW head article, it's like, ooh, these are the next quests. I go and I just play those quests on the testing realm, which also gives me the opportunity. I feel like I am a good tester and I should be doing ptr stuff because like obviously i've worked qa in the past i know i i read bug reports for my job all the time i know how to write a bug report in clear terms so that people can understand exactly the issue that i was facing at the time um which honestly has been fantastic i hate data mining i think data mining is bad for the game in a lot of ways um and i think honestly wowhead the site is bad for the game in a lot of ways like in the way that does data mining and kind of collates all this information and serves as like a major news source for like what is coming up next um and the more i i you know i don't know like the more i do this stuff the more i feel like uh it's just like not the way the game is meant to be played i i I was having a conversation with somebody the other day who hasn't played since the end of legion and they were talking about how bad the game is right and part of their argument was sort of stringing together the individual cinematics that play over the course of the battle, like Battle for Azeroth expansion, right? So you watch, you know, Thrall and and Sourfang fight off some of Sylvanas's lunkies. Then you fi- watch, you know, Sourfang in the in the in the Makara with Sylvanas, whatever else. And um, and I just feel like that is, like, the incorrect way to experience the narrative of WoW. Like, those cutscenes are cool. They're great. Don't, like, don't get me wrong. But, like, they are the icing on the cake, right? Where at the end of the seven-course meal, which is, like, all of the questing content between kind of, like, point A and point B. Um, and I really feel that right now because no spoilers or anything. People are talking about, we know Sylvanas is going to be a, a raid boss in the next raid. Um People are talking about, oh, Sylvanas this, Sylvanas that. What's going to happen with Sylvanas or whatever? But I actually think the most interesting stuff is happening in the Covenant campaign that you do, which you you go through piece by piece. You are like you are you are working through the quests and hearing the dialogue and all that other kind of stuff. Um, and it's a real shame that we sort of like miss the forest for the trees in that way. So, 
Mm, bring him back for the forest for the trees. You haven't used that phrase yeah, in a long time. Yeah, bring him back the forest for the trees. Yeah, that is. <laughs> oh man. Um, uh, but yeah, no. Um, I I mean, like, I think they've done a good job at spacing out the content enough to make it compelling. Um, in in a lot of ways, like like you know, I would have been sticking around if it, if it wasn't at least at the way we're doing. It. I think maybe if we had if we had like burned through raid super fast, I might have gotten sick of trying to upgrade my covenant. Um, faster, yeah, sure. but you know, I also think that the the anima increase came at just the right time. Like I was getting really frustrated by like not being able to generate enough anima to beat. Like I think it's like at a good like you know I feel like I'm generating an effective amount to like buy things at this point. So yeah, and I think that honestly waiting, I think that to be honest with you, WoW doesn't do those things reflexively. They plan on it because like if you think about it like. Anima represents a certain amount of currency at any individual time, right? And if you give people eight months to farm that currency, they will generate a certain amount of it. So what they're trying to do is increase later in the game so that all of the stuff that you make before then is diminished in comparison. Because yeah. I think that the, I, I think that the the beginning Anima stuff was very low, obviously. Um, but it's kind of there to like service this need because I don't know that I would be farming anima if I am a player who is you know doing doing things a lot. I'm doing my callings and my world quests and, or, and whatever else. Um, and uh, and if the anima if the anima gain is like really there, I'd probably have bought absolutely everything. Yeah, I agree. At that point, I agree. But like I said, I think it came at just the right point where I like you know I felt like I feel like maybe they should have built in the kind of thing that they did, which is you know. As you get more tiers on everything, your anima increase. I feel like that could have stood to have been there from the beginning. Um, yeah, I just instantly got all three of them. Yeah, of no, the same. My, right. So I was just like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Where? Yeah, yeah. Oh, here we go. No, right. I, I found out because I like I like opened I opened one of the, the like my my uh, my mushroom man quest and it was like five instead of three of the things. I'm like, oh, oh, did I get lucky? And it's like, no, <laughs> no, everything's big. You know, it's it's, it's great. You know. Yeah, and the way that it works actually does feel very, uh, very good. Like, now I, I get on and I'll clear the map of Anima Quest, right? And that's like 2.5 thousand Anima, and, like, that's half a mount. You know what yeah. I mean? And that just feels great. I agree. To, you know, to, to put in the inventory. I definitely am very excited to, to rock my super sweet, like, Renown, you know, ensemble or whatever. But, um, I don't know. We'll we'll. We'll see. Yeah. Wow is is definitely on the back burner. I feel like until nine point one really kicks into gear. So yeah, sounds about right. Well, we've burned through time. Um, you have anything else you want to talk about before we go? I have nothing else that I'm looking to. All right. About. Well, if you'd like to uh, tell us what you think think about the Castle Nathria raid, and I guess it's really all we talked about this. Uh, feel free to email us at simplesplaygames at gmail .com or uh, podcast at simplesplaygames .com. Follow us at twitch.tv slash simplesplaygames for these go live. Uh, rate review us on podcast places. We've got a Patreon. We've got a YouTube. Um, I'm going to try and start doing it. Like, I, I have, for the past, like, few weeks, exported the YouTube right before we start um, doing <laughs> the, the next week's one. So I'll try and be better about those, but no promises. Um, next week, we will do Outriders unless I, you know... Watch me, like, watch all of Mandalorian in a desperate attempt to not talk about Outriders. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm going to try and play some more Outriders this week. Uh, that way we can talk about okay. it. Like, uh, like frankly, just kind of, like, from, you know, as, as a sneak preview, I don't have a problem in theory with Outriders. I just hate playing it by myself. I just don't think it's a great sure. s solo game. 
Um, yeah, let's let's definitely put some time together to yeah, figure yeah. out when we can do it as a group. Because I did it almost all with Rachel, so I haven't done solo outriders. It's either been Rachel or Phalanor. Actually. Yeah, yeah. So um, hey, hey, we've got time now. Now that we're not doing raids on Thursday, so maybe we'll do it then. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, were you channeling fail there? That, that felt like a very fail hell yeah. That uh, was not supposed to be a fail hell yeah, but you know what? I yeah. imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. I yeah. Guess. All right. Well. Um, do you have anything else you want to promote? Uh, one other thing. If anybody wants to come watch Hot Rod this week in the Yakupara Games Discord server, Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, we're going to be watching the, the the classic Andy Samberg movie, Hot Rod, from 2007. We might uh, have to talk about Hot Rod sometime. I, I love Hot Rod. I was Rod. so excited, to be honest. I put it on the list just as, like, a because we do a poll, right? Like, last time it was Kung Fu Panda, Hot Rod, a Goofy movie, and then I asked people what they want to do. I just put a Hot Rod on the list just to, like, fill it, fill a slot, and everybody was like, oh, fuck, yeah, let's, like, watch Hot Rod. I was like, oh, yeah, I love this. I, lo I, love, I love Hot Rod. It's just, like, it's <laughs> it's my favorite movie. Like, it's one of those great movies to, like, show someone that's not aware of it, right? Because it's just, like, this is very Absolutely. dumb. This is very, very dumb, and it's great. You know, it was panned at the time. Did you know this? It's got like a forty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Doesn't surprise me. Like, it's very, it's very, it's kind of almost like pre-internet humor, internet humor in a way. I agree with that for sure. Yeah. It's also, I think, pre like twenty tens humor, internet humor. Well, we can talk about Hot Rod later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did, yeah so just real quick, have you, have you seen um, what, Never Stop Popping the like their, mm -hmm. their 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 other one? I thought that was that as, film is also good. Yeah, I agree. Not as good as Hot Rod. I feel exactly the same way right. <laughs> so you know for those of you at home watch hot rod with buddy in the aquapara game server um yeah uh i think that's everything all right and until next time dear listeners until next time loyal listeners cool beats cool, cool beats <laughs>